I wonder how my coworkers would react to this podcast. I wonder how my company would react to it. I, I think they'd be cool about it. I that's my my guess. Um, we've we've had some, at least in my eyes. I there were moments at our virtual Christmas party on Zoom that I felt weren't. I mean, I didn't mind that it was happening, but in my head, it seemed that this wasn't appropriate for a corporate culture. But, but then again, this is like the most white collar job I've ever had. So I honestly have no clue what is really appropriate and inappropriate. Um, cause most of my jobs were super laid back and didn't give a shit and people come to work high and, you know, so having this job, I'm, I came in with certain anticipations on how to behave, like what was obviously inappropriate, but I'm not, I don't think this, this podcast is revealing anything incriminating. I still have the, the Texas mindset of getting high, being naughty, or I need, I need to get out of that head. It's such a boomer thing to think. And it's so outdated. Oh, Jesus Christ. There's old people now, like in their 60s, who are finally realizing how silly it is that weed's illegal. But there's still that naughtiness to it, at least where I'm from and my generation, too. Because we're, we were the transition generation, like... Like when we were in middle school, the majority of the country was still against legalizing weed. But by the time we were in college, the majority of the country was in favor of it. We just had this big shift within 10 years. And that was during my developing stage, the time when I was getting into weed and all that good stuff. So most people don't give a shit that I get high except for the old people in Texas and but I don't I don't I'm sure they know at this point how many times have I talked about this um if you're listening person from Texas who's elderly or going about to become elderly um it's over you lost if you still hold that opinion on weed, just realize you lost. It's over. Stop. It's not going to turn around. We're, the train has left. Same with gay marriage. The train is left. It's not coming back. You're not going to win this one. Um, yeah. Sorry. See, even here's, here's why you're not going to win. But before I explain, I should also disclose that the older I get, and I mentioned this like two podcasts ago, like the older I'm becoming, 
the more temperamentally conservative I'm becoming, and in some aspects, politically conservative. The reason you're not going to win with gay marriage or weed or name your your outdated opinion is conservatives today, a 60-year-old MAGA conservative is arguably more liberal than a 50s liberal. You know? Like the conservatives today were the ones at Woodstock. Not all of them. But I, I bet a good I bet a good handful, like the the boomers, the 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 cranky boomers, the stereotypical ones that we think of today. I'm sure a lot of them were at Woodstock. What? How is Woodstock? Those those are the boomers, right? Who grew up there in Woodstock during the late '60s? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, <clears throat> that's right. Because my brother, who's a Gen Xer was born in the 70s, the mid-70s. So, yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah. So, like, my prediction, it could be wrong, is, like, let's say 20 years from now, conservatives, young conservatives, 20 years from now, that's and that's being very generous with my time frame. Like it could easily be five years from now. But young conservatives in college, they will be using pronouns. They'll be doing, "Hi, I'm John." He, him. When you're introducing yourself to somebody, I can see that happening to self-identified conservatives. 10 to 20 years from now. That seems how it... So, like, there's there's cracks. Like, I've been thinking about this over the years because I don't know if it's been mentioned or not or if I subconsciously took this idea from someone else. Um, when it comes to political correctness... And the people who've lived long enough to witness different waves of it. I know the South Park guys talk about how political correctness was very trendy in the 90s. And also Quentin Tarantino talks about how the 80s were a very politically correct time for movies as well as the 50s, I believe. So there's these people old enough to remember times when being PC was in. It was it was being talked about more. Just how it's being talked about now, but it wasn't really being talked about back in say 2012. I think it was it was roughly like 2015, 2016 is when political correctness was rearing its head when it was being talked about everywhere it was right right at 2015 2016 which you could maybe correlate it with trump becoming president possibly 
the reaction to Trump becoming president or or Trump becoming president because of the rise of political correctness? It's hard to tell because it could be one of those. It I think most people would argue it's Trump became president because people were reacting to political correctness. Oh, where am I going with this? So, yeah, waves of political correctness. So eventually we'll probably come to a halt at this current wave of it. Maybe maybe three years? I, I honestly don't know how long they typically last. I, it's one of the reasons I wish I was old enough to have lived through these different periods of time and try to compare them. I'm really into patterns, but so whenever this wave of political correctness ends, there, there'll probably be like this new era of edginess where being edgy is fun again and saying things you're not supposed to say, and that'll run its course. And then we'll have a new phase of political correctness, maybe 10 years or 15 years. I don't know. This is just a guess, <clears throat> but my speculation, and also I, I'm not old enough, but I'm curious, like every time that phase of PC-ness is over and we, and we're edgy again, but does that edginess have a new set of standards based off of the politically correct era that we just went through like what what pieces of political correctness made it past all the 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 resistance how, how much of it seeped into culture and just became a normal thing and so when we have this new phase of edginess there's still things we won't go for we won't talk about because we've all came to an agreement that this is something that you just, you just, it doesn't get brought up or said. Uh, I wish I was old enough to know. I mean, the N word is kind of like that now. Like before 20, I don't know of any white comedian who's used the N-word since 2015. And I think Louis C.K., his, <clears throat> his special from, I think, 2015 or 2014, he said the N-word. But he's had three, three or four specials since that one. And it was all during this era now. But he's never said it since. Um. That could be one example because I don't I don't think it'll no no white comedian's ever gonna bring it up again, which okay, yeah fair enough, uh, we're all on board with it, but that's my point, you know, because for the last hundred something years, um, it was free game. I mean, obviously it got to a point where yeah, white people can't say this, but that's why for a while. That's why white people were saying it because it was edgy, because it it was it was shocking to hear, um, and you're trying to they were trying to see if if they could make it work 
in a joke. Like, could I use this word and also still be funny when I say it? Um, but my prediction is that when we're, when we're back to being edgy, I don't think that attempt will be made again, which is fine, but I'm just using this as an example. Um, So that's something I've always thought about, but I don't see it really being talked about or speculated. Like conservatives railing against political correctness. Like, do they not realize that they share certain beliefs today that back in the 50s would have been considered politically correct? You would have been a a little libtard so that's that's just something i've always been curious about i want to know what will seep through the cracks and probably for the better you know if it won it probably won for a good reason and maybe that's what political correctness is it's like this is a new thought by the way it it's it's supposed to go too far so we can figure out what actually should change but you can't really figure out what needs to change without figuring out what doesn't need to change and you just have to keep throwing ideas at the world until something sticks and we can all kind of agree to it and then but most of it will probably get washed to the side and ignored but but there are those ones that um, uh, make it. But it, it's but no one's really looking at it that way. People who are self-identified as woke, they're not looking at it that way. They're not saying, oh, we, we just got to keep throwing ideas out and seeing what actually works. And oftentimes it's the ones that where people realize that uh, the well-being of others is important. You know, if, like, the, the elimination, the limiting of suffering in the world, those are the ideas that usually win. Um, that's how MLK did such a good job during the Civil Rights Movement, because people started realizing that, a certain group of people weren't getting that good of a deal relative to other groups of people. And I think once people start seeing that, that, okay, their freedom is just as valuable as my freedom. Those are the ideas that win, at least in American culture, the, to have less suffering in the world. That's not always the case, and a lot of people will say that like people are still suffering. Obviously, you can't completely get rid of suffering. Otherwise, there'd be no point to keep fighting. <laughs> like That'll never exist where people think, all right, we're like, we're, I think we're good. I think we, we got all the ideas we'll ever need. Now we can stop fighting each other because we, we figured it out. I don't think that'll ever happen. 
problems will get created. Problems that no one even realized or considered it to be a problem until someone articulated it really well and were, was able to convince a few people that it is a problem. And then they convince other people. And I'm curious which ideas those are. You know, ones that no one was really talking about until someone made a word for something. And then, and then, okay, now there's a definition to this thing. So now it makes, now we can, it, it's easier to care about it for some reason. <sighs> but yeah, that's on my mind sometimes. But I am eager. I am. I'm. I'm. I'm curious to know what the world will be like in twenty years, if we'll even have a United States at that point. It'll be interesting. It feels like we're like we're the last generation to to be living in a United States in a like definition wise. It, it, I don't know. There's, there's, there's. I wonder if we're so divided because we truly are, because um, there actually is so much polarizing going on, or if we're divided just because we're saying it, just because the TV says so, and it's just in our brain all the time, and it's just embedded in us that oh, we we're so divided. The other side is. Just wada, wada, wada. Like how much of it is that? That that was that that was the whole thing when COVID was starting and people were buying toilet paper because supposedly there's a toilet paper shortage, which caused people to go out and buy toilet toilet paper, which caused a toilet paper shortage. And the same deal with the gas shortage. God damn it, it's weird to say shortage in words where there wasn't a gas shortage until someone said it and freaked everyone out and everyone went to go get gas causing a gas shortage gas shortage jesus gas shortage gas shortage gas shortage eh, that wasn't too bad um maybe it's like that maybe that's why we're so aggressively polarized is because someone kept saying it and the more you say something, the more it kind of it it seeps into your head as being true. That's what Neil Tyson would consider a political truth, something that isn't true, but you say it so much that it becomes true. At least in your in your imagination. But but yeah, did did I did I um I did the thing, I did the the thing that the author was doing right i mentioned that earlier didn't i but yeah i think that worked um but now i'm kind of out of ideas so i'm gonna stop talking now and i'm kind of tired so i want to go to bed but my van hopefully gets here on friday the 10th that'll be a a, a good day if that happens and then Saturday, I'm driving up to Seattle to see Robert Greene and Ryan Holiday give a talk.
I'm mainly going for Robert Green, but Ryan Holiday is also cool, I guess. I've read his books, but they're just not as good as Robert Green's. But he was mentored by Robert Green. I don't, I'm, I'm sure none of you care about this, but I am excited. So I like, I like sharing what I'm excited about. But, but yeah, that's my weekend. And maybe I'll, I'll go to Mount Rainier on Sunday after the talk. We'll see. It's still kind of wintry, kind of snowy. And I don't think Washington will be an exception. So I'll look into it. But yeah, that's my weekend. Hope you have a good weekend too. All right. Bye.